Okay, I am logging on really quick. We are about to start the show. I'm going to do a few little housekeeping things to make sure that we can get this podcast up and going and everyone can log in and like and share, like and share. Today, we are doing it at a different time. Let's go live on there. All right. We are currently going live on Twitter, Facebook, Getter, uh, yeah, I think that YouTube, a few different places. But today I wanted to bring on and have the opportunity to bring on a special guest during a special podcast today is Monday, October the 10th. This is different than our usual time and date. But guys, please like and share, like and share. I will be having the great Todd Benzman on with me tonight uh, for the special program to discuss um, the latest article that has kind of ruffled some feathers. And so wanted to give the opportunity to kind of talk about it and discuss it and present some different cases. So let's just get started, shall we? Okay, so today, whether or not Americans, particularly the left, want to admit it, we are at war. I believe that we are at war. We are at war and under siege by enemies from within and from without. We see this nonstop from three-letter agencies coming and attacking, particularly targeting conservatives uh, to, to what we're dealing with in the schools, the great mamas and papa bears that are standing up and taking a stand fighting back against the, the demonic sexual grooming, CRT, what we're seeing with, with, with so many different things from so many different elements, including our elections. And of course, I would argue that we are fighting enemies from both within and without, from the globalist and the communist regime. And I truly believe that the border, and you guys have heard me say this number of times, the border is all part of the plan that goes along with both of those scenarios, whether it's the globalists that are fighting for control or the communists that are fighting for control. History has shown us, um, you know, that this is part of mass illegal migration. It's not just happening here in the United States. It's happening worldwide, particularly in the West. And so it does, you know, it, it, it is very trying times. However, I t- entitled this, The Right Must Be Rational. Because there has to be, we are the side of morality. We are the side of rational thought. Um, And we are not driven by emotions alone. And so I wanted to bring on my special guest, Mr. Todd Benzman. Now, Todd, you guys have, he's he's been on the program before. I was actually just up there uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, for the CIS conference, the Center of Immigration Studies or Immigration School. Uh, Todd, of course is actually is the author of America's Covert Border War. He led Homeland Security intelligence efforts for nine years and also joined Texas DPS managing teams um, in the counterterrorism division. He is the current senior fellow for the Center of Immigration Studies um, and actually also has a new book coming out, uh, which is now available for pre-order called Overrun, in which 
the title of the or the uh, the the cover of it is actually the great Auden Cabello who who provided that amazing shot. So um, and and underneath the bridge, the Haitian invasion underneath the bridge in Del Rio. So Todd, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So you know you reached out <clears throat> a few days a few days ago now at this point. And you said, hey, I, I'm, I, I was just speaking at this event, and this was just a few days after the situation in Hudspeth County had happened. And, uh, and, and I'm like, and you said, hey, are you seeing this? Because this is what I also just experienced, and I'm kind of concerned. And I said, yeah, actually, I, I have seen that. Of course, I've seen a lot of frustration, and, uh, and in, my, in my opinion, rightful frustration and anger. Um, but I've also seen some of those who make really, for lack of better words, stupid comments. Uh, and, and, and in what many of these ways, especially given what happened in Hudspeth County, uh, could be considered as threats. Um, and, and there has to be a line. There has to be a division. There has to be a draw because, like I said, we are better. Our side is better. And so I asked you to come on and because some people were were kind of upset, not kind of pretty upset. And so I wanted, I asked you to come on to kind of discuss this because we both believe that this is a topic that needs to be discussed. So will you just kind of lead? And as you're talking, I'm going to be kind of showing the article uh, and showing, I have also the affidavit and things like that. I'm going to be showing from the case of Hudspeth County, but I want to just kind of let you have free range for a little bit and kind of talk about what was the motivation for writing this current article? Sure. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, the piece that I wrote was for C Center for Immigration Studies. And it, the, the point of the, the, the piece was to uh, just sort of bring to attention that the, there was this incident in Hudspeth County where two local men, <clears throat> their brothers from Sierra Blanca, are charged with manslaughter in the shooting death of an immigrant that they uh, passed in a group of 13 on the highway. This is out in West Texas, Hudspeth County. And they killed one and critically wounded another one. Now they're saying that, you know, they thought it was, they were Havelina out in the uh, brush uh, fine. We don't really know what their motivation is, but it did bring to mind for me something that I had been hearing for several months now in speaking to groups around Texas. I live in Austin about the immigration crisis, which is that every once in a while people pop up and say, you know, we need to take our own firearms and go down there and start killing them. Uh, so when I hear these things, and I and I I was at a, a an engagement up in the Dallas area in September, and two different people in the audience stood up and said that very thing, and they weren't joking. They they were they were angry, and I don't blame them for their anger, but but they they said you know we should go down there, and you know I've got a firearm, and I'm liable to start killing immigrants, illegal immigrants crossing the border. Uh, so I just wanted to write a piece saying, hey, I know that there's a lot of anger out there, but like Sheena said, we are not, you know, Democratic 
party operatives over on this side, we don't deplatform people on our side. We don't stay silent when when there's violence happening uh, in the name of our cause. And we should never uh, stay silent in in the face of violence uh, for 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 the conservative cause of sewing up the border. Is the point is is that that if you see people. Uh, who are saying this in, in things like this and talking about maybe, you know, bringing their, their firearms down to the border, then you have to do something about it. You have to say something. You have to stand against it because you're not Democrats. They do that. Uh, when Antifa was rioting and BLM was looting in 40 different cities across the country for eight, nine months straight nonstop, their leaders and their people never spoke a disparaging or discouraging word about it. Their leaders bailed them out of jail so that they could get back to the street and, and, and burn things. Uh, their politicians never condemned it. They liked it. They were afraid of those people. And I remember that happening very clearly and thinking, man, uh, if conservatives were ever to be like that, uh, were to were to not condemn and police their own ranks, their own angry ranks, then we're just as bad as those Democrats were all through 2020. And that's all I'm saying. Uh, part of this comes from my experience in uh, Texas Department of Public Safety, Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division. We were always keenly aware of uh, people who were radicalizing on any side uh, planning to commit murder. Uh, that was that was our reason for being. And it didn't matter to us whether they were on the right or on the left or in the middle or Islamics or whatever they were. And so I'm very sensitized like this from, you know, nine years of doing that in Texas. So I just wanted to put a piece out saying, hey, these two guys out in Hudspeth County did something that I was hearing about for a long time. And I know I'm not the only one who's been hearing people say, I'm going to take my gun and go go hunting immigrants down there, and that'll stop the invasion. That's not the way to do it. That's the way to get yourself in prison for life or worse. We have the death penalty here. Right. And 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 I think, you know, a lot of people that that were upset about this, I think took it as if the frustration was not warranted. And I'm like, nope, that is not what it all is being said. Um, that people do not have the right to stand up, um, you know, and defend themselves and their families. Absolutely not. This is two totally different scenarios. Um, I did post just now in the comments, uh, the article, um, which you referenced to, um, from the El Paso, uh, newsletter, uh, newspaper, uh, in your article. I also posted your article and I also posted the affidavit. You know, it's one thing to say, uh, the affidavit of the two brothers that were arrested. It's one thing to be angry. It's one thing to defend your family in your home, in your belongings. It's another thing to stand up in a place, uh, in a city that is hundreds of miles away from the border in frustration and make a clear and present 
threat. Now, um, and, and that's exactly what I believe as well uh, that that was said. And yes, we are talking about two separate scenarios. You have the brothers that uh, that shot and killed one um, or one of the brothers, allegedly. Again, they are being held right now. So innocent until proven guilty. But I provided the actual affidavit um, from the arrest warrants. So in the comments, guys, please like look it over and read it for yourself innocent until proven guilty, but they're going to throw the book at these two individuals. And I'll be honest, in my opinion, after reading the uh, affidavit, it does not look good, uh, particularly because one of them was a warden uh, and the other, I think, was another uh, type of maybe an officer in a, an ICE detention facility, which had several complaints against them previously. Veronica Escobar is making you know, this is a hate crime. Uh, the left is taking this and running with it. They are not, they are not focusing on the individual, the illegal alien, the criminal illegal alien that just killed two, went on a stabbing spree in Las Vegas and killed two individuals, critically injured six others. They are not focusing on the illegal alien that crossed over an Eagle Pass and attempted to disarm a National Guardsman. Um, they are not you know, focusing on the illegal alien who charged at a border patrol agent inside of a facility in El Paso, you know, and um, was shot and killed as a, because of defense. That's not what the left is focusing on. They're focusing on this case. In addition to that, you do have this sentiment that is growing out of anger and frustration, um, but it's not rational. And, and so you're talking, we're talking about two different cases, two different scenarios, but you are not talking about those who live along the borders. Many, many of them who are my friends who constantly have their homes broken into with, you know, their wives and children inside, um, who are constantly having to carry a firearm and can no longer, no longer feel safe on their own property. That is not what you are referring to when you were talking about like if they were to be frustrated that's 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 understandable and if they were to have to defend themselves uh that is not what you are referring to you're trying to draw and i'm also trying to draw a distinction between the two correct well absolutely i mean i i interview a lot of ranchers and people that live down there and you know by all means carry your weapons, make sure you have an extra magazine or two uh, handy as well. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, you know, when I go down there, I carry a 45 on my hip. I never go unarmed near the border, uh, but those are for self-defensive reasons. I mean, obviously you're going to, to defend yourself. There are dangerous people wandering around in the brush down there. Uh, there's no question about it. So yeah, defend yourself. I can tell you, I will defend myself in a heartbeat uh, down there, but uh, it's not incumbent on uh, people to go down and defend their country uh, unless they're a part of, you know, the government or they're, they're a part of a, a police force. Uh, that is something that's different. Uh, if you start to think I can go down there, I'm going to defend my country is being invaded, not my ranch or my house or my personal space. 
but you know, my country, that's sort of the thing I'm hearing and I have a right to defend my country. No, you don't, you don't have that right. You, you, if you make yourself think that you're defending your country by killing immigrant invaders coming over, you're just going to go to prison. And not, not only that, but you know, Nobody wants to see, look, these immigrants need to be deported, not killed. They need to be deterred, uh, not shot by, by uh, civilian people who are armed. Uh, and the Democratic side will take any incident like that and do something like what they did with the Border Patrol horsemen who were swinging their reins around, not touching anybody, uh, and, and and have the whole debate be about those guys instead of the fact that there were 17,000 Haitians living in a camp down there who were all about to be let into the country. They shifted the debate politically over to that thing. And they're constantly looking for incidents like that. I've, I've been told that the New York Times is running around right now in Hudspeth County working on this story and so are CNN and other major media are, are in Hudspeth County right now trying to do that, to make a, a, a horseman, like, don't, don't give them ammo uh, doing something crazy like that. That's not the reason not to do it. That's just a third order reason. The reason not to do it is because murder is wrong. That's the reason. But two... Uh, it's it's not going to help uh, your cause at all. It's going to hurt it as badly as you could ever hurt anything if you take matters into your own hands. And I think, you know, go defend yourself by all means. I'm sure as hell going to defend myself when I'm down there. And I know, Sheena, you've got means to defend yourself when you're down there because you're just an idiot if you're not if you're not packing down there. I'm sorry. But that's for your own personal defense. Yeah. And honestly, I would argue that you're an idiot if you are not ready to defend yourself at any given moment, regardless of where you live. We are living, you know, you and I both live in Metroplex areas. And, you know, a few years back, I got my LTC because I no longer felt safe with the homeless uh, in my area that had never previously been here before. Um, all of a sudden started showing up. I didn't feel safe any longer walking my dog. Houses were being broken into. We started having, there's been a number of situations where drugged out people are walking down our street barefoot, you know, barefooted, uh, half clothed. Um, and I can't tell you in my little Metroplex area squashed between Dallas and Fort Worth that, you know, when we moved here, when I moved back here over 20 years ago, it was not like this. And a few years ago, we started seeing this shift. I got my LTC and I carry with me everywhere I go. And I promise you, and I've said it, and I'm not afraid to say it anywhere. Anyone threatens my family or myself. I am ready to defend myself and I will do so. I'm not, however, going to hesitate and ask what their legal status is before I choose to defend my family. Um, and so again, th that is, and one of the other things that I've been kind of saying is that because I know so many of those who, yes, those who live along the border have always, their families, these, these Texans that have lived there for generations, 
illegal immigration and dealing with this has always kind of been a thing. Okay. It's not necessarily anything new. What is new is the massive scale that it's on and the change in the temperament of those who are coming over. And this is something that I've heard from, from landowners and property owners and Texans that have lived along the border in various areas, all the way from El Paso down to Brownsville that all say the same thing. Years ago, this was not, they, they were not necessarily afraid of those illegals who, you know, came in there in their, you know, coming to look for a quote unquote better life coming to work. Uh, not that I agreed with that either. Right. Because I feel like that kind of mentality also led to where we are now, <laughs> um, you know, but in the Biden regime, the Biden takeover, the, the ridiculous just disregard for our sovereignty, for the safety of Americans and for state sovereignty. You know, now it's like we're just totally dismissing everything, disregarding all the laws. Nobody cares how many, you know, Americans die from fentanyl overdoses. Nobody, nobody cares about how many 73-year-olds, you know, houses are broken into and raped in Eagle Pass or anywhere else by illegal aliens. Nobody cares, right? We're going to just disregard all of that. And I think that that's where we're at. I think that that's why we're seeing this sentiment grow is because you do see the failure of the federal government to do its job because this is on a massive scale that is unsustainable. Um, but then, you know, you have growing frustration, particularly here in Texas. Uh, and, and you know that I'm very active. Uh, you know, I've been on the forefront and I it's OK to disagree on certain things. And I do feel that this is an invasion. Uh, and I've made that case. Um, and you know where I stand on this. And I know a lot of activists, I, you know, know where I stand on this. We've been Alliance for a Safe Texas has been on the forefront of this movement. Um, and we're making that case. I anticipate even more counties to join on board next month. And that's just one small area that we're currently working on. I do feel that this is, is an invasion. But, um, you know, I feel like this kind of sentiment is festering and is allowed to fester because the government is not stepping in to do its job. And so people then, because they we feel like we are at war, and I would make the case that we are, that we are being invaded, although it's not your traditional war. It's a war against the cartel criminal organizations. It's a war against the globalist and kind of like I opened up with. Um, you know, I, I feel like that. Um, but I do also recognize that there are innocent people that are coming across this border, like Jocelyn here, you know, that if people start going down there and running amok and pretending to be vigilantes and trying to take law into their own hand, um, innocent people are going to continue to, to, to die. The cartel are going to, when you start shooting over that border recklessly, innocent children like Jocelyn and so many others are going to be taking those bullets. I promise you that. And, and we have to do better. And the left is going to crucify you. And those private landowners who, God forbid, who show incredible restraint that I, I'm not quite sure I would have, if, God forbid, they do have to take a stance to legitimately protect their families and their homes, they're going to be lumped together with these people that are just spewing stuff from their mouths. What, what, what is your opinion on everything that I just said? Yeah, I mean, I listen. The thing, the the problem here is that the they, that people have every right to be angry and frustrated about not just the fact that the Biden government has fomented 
and caused this incredible crisis. The numbers are astronomical beyond anything in American history. It, it just is the, it is gigantic. Uh, I've written a whole book about it. Uh, you know, I get it. Uh, and also, you know, to be frustrated by the fact that Greg Abbott seems unable or unwilling to, you know, do what's necessary to stop it also. And it's infuriating to stand there at the river and watch, you know, 2,500 people just line up down the, down the fence and all happy and smiling and smirking and taking selfies and everything, knowing that they're getting in and that they're going to get in forever. So I get it. But again, uh, you know, if you, if you know somebody or you're thinking about doing this, uh, or you know somebody who's going to go down there and just start, you know, popping rounds off at them, uh, you're just going to set the whole thing back. Nobody's going to pay any attention to the policy or anything else. In fact, they'll probably open it up even wider if that's possible. Uh, you saw what happened with the uh, horsemen twirling the reins. I mean, that was insane uh, what they did there. And they're completely exonerated like we knew they were like that we knew that they would be. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of damage that can be done to, to your movement if you go out and do this. And one other thing is you mentioned it earlier uh, that there is a, the, the conservative movement on this issue should, should stake out a moral high ground in a way that the Democrats never would when their people were burning America down. Uh, that 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 people uh, who are in positions of influence and authority and electoral authority should look at this thing in Hudspeth County and really loudly condemn it for whatever it is. I mean, we don't know why they did it. They're innocent until proven guilty. Read the affidavit. That's all I'm saying. But but if if they're convicted or of you know killing one of those migrants out of this frustration that we're talking about or this anger, people need to speak out loud about it uh, on, on the conservative side to differentiate themselves from the, the other side who, who are not, do not hold a moral high ground in my opinion. I remember all during those riots looking and waiting for any one of them to condemn it. Even Harris and Biden uh, refused to comment. People would ask them, hey, what do you think about all the looting in New York City? And they would just change the subject. It, it, it took a reporter to bully Biden one day. There's a, the clip is out there somewhere where they're just, he kept dodging and dodging. And finally he said, yeah, of course I, I you know, don't countenance Antifa and BLM rioting and looting. Uh, but, and then he went off to some, into something else. I mean, they just hate on the other side to to condemn their radicals. And I think the conservatives should the, the rational conservatives should always be at a higher moral plane than that and condemn your radicals, condemn them, be on the record about it early. You'll take and a lot so, of them out of the sales. Right. And so, like, I have a comment here by someone who I greatly love and respect. And she's saying that chastising all conservatives is saying uh, we would sh all shoot as the warden did. 
Uh, she's upset by the approach that we are both taking. I don't feel like we are chastising nor lumping all conservatives. Quite the contrary. I think the case that we're both trying to make here is that us as conservatives are not overwhelmingly are not like that. And I want to, uh, you know, point out as well that, um, that, you know, what happened at J6, okay? And there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. There has been ample evidence showing that there were plants, uh, three-letter agency plants, that were there to help incite violence. I am very cautious uh, because plants are very real, in my opinion. I think that I've seen ample evidence for that. I think that we as conservatives, like I said, while we are emotional, particularly when you're talking about children, I get emotional and I get angry. But then I try to turn and think about what can I do that would potentially be productive to try to fight against this, um, you know, and, and, and I try to think rationally. And I think that there are a lot of really good people um, like I said, that are put in a really difficult spot, like my uh, a friend who actually this just happened yesterday. I'm going to show these two. Um, my friends, uh, this is one of, of, of a few of my friends that live there along the border. This was footage from just yesterday. This was literally feet away from his home with his wife and children inside. And a lot of the property owners along the Texas border have now had to bring on volunteers to help make sure and secure their own property so that this way they do not are not left because a lot of these people like it, like this individual right here and like this family right here, if they made a call, which this has happened, as a matter of fact, this happened with this particular case. And this is just one half of the, of, of the photo. And this guy right here, he's, he's very colorful looking. Um, you know, they had a really well tatted up individual uh, with tattoos all up his neck um, that ran and fled as they waited for law enforcement to get there on a good day. If he makes a call out like he had to yesterday with these individuals, um, you know, illegals that are fleeing. Look, everyone, it's free reign right now. Those who want to be turned in, they're like looking for Border Patrol to process them and give them free stuff, okay? And take them to their destination of choice. These are people who are on Texas property, actually quite some time away from the border, okay, from the actual river, um, that, that are hiding in the brush, that are going, and, and th this is what we're talking about. If he makes a call out there to law enforcement like yesterday, it's at least 45 minutes before anyone shows up. And yeah. that is, Border Patrol is overwhelmed, DPS is overwhelmed. Their local law enforcement is overwhelmed. 45 minutes. This is what I talk about when I say that they show incredible restraint. And the tatted up individual uh, that got away the other day, the few days prior, um, they could never find. And law enforcement was not going to go searching for them because to them, they're overwhelmed. And I get it. It's one individual. Okay. Um, it, th this, I, I fear that something at some point is going to break. I do. In my opinion, 
I, I, there were Texans who are showing incredible restraint. And I fear that those, like I said, that those, like these two individuals that stood up in, in, when you were speaking and made these, a, a seemingly very, you know, credible threats, uh, they were, they were very serious. And like those two individuals down there, the, the, the warden and everyone else, we're saying these are completely different. However, they're going to lump them. The media is going to lump them together no matter what. Uh, the two different scenarios. Uh, when somebody has to finally defend themselves. Uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, the, the problem is that we're early on in this thing. There is two more years at least of this mass migration. We're just halfway through. So if people are this angry now, this early on, 18 months, 19, 20 months, uh, you know, we just... Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to probably see more Hudspeth County type things. And those are just wrong. They need to be condemned. I'm not saying that all conservatives are doing that. I'm saying that there's going to be a very fringe radicalized element that just can't take it one more minute. Uh, and I, I see it. I'm, I'm out there. Uh, I, I'm in, I'm speaking and I'm, uh, you know, at public events and, you know, people say things to me all the time and I know it's out there and there's two more years to go. And, uh, you know, good uh, conservatives who who have heartfelt uh, anger and feelings and want to do something about this. Uh, that's the vast, vast majority. Everybody, uh, mostly everybody that I meet is like that. They're going to what can we do? Uh, how do we stop this? Why won't Abbott do? Those are good questions to ask. They need to be asked. Uh, there's an election coming up. The way to channel your anger and frustration is is at the ballot box and in policy and in you know writing nasty editorials or whatever. But it's it's not taking a gun down there and 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 you know hunting immigrants or something like that. I think we're going to see more of those when we do. Everybody has to completely um, uh, denounce it and be clear that that's not the movement. That does not represent the yep. movement. That's a, a one-off. That, that, right. So that's that all. We're better than that. One of, the last thing I'll say on that is, is you know, I write. I'm a, I'm a, write, I'm a columnist, I guess, a writer on, on this. I report on the border. And I know every once in a while I'm going to just speak out. I'm going to spout something out that nobody likes or, you know, people don't like, and, you know, that's just my job. I'm going to do it. And I'm happy to debate or explain myself on any of this, anything that I write, uh, I'll take ownership of it. If I'm wrong about it, I'll admit it uh, at some point, but somebody just needs to talk about this early because we're early still. Absolutely. And so then, to that point, though, as 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 we're kind of closing down, what then? Because look, I can tell you here in the state of Texas, I have gone to Austin uh, during the last eighty-seven session. Um, it was just a handful of us. Brent Smith was one of them. Uh, we were screaming at the top of our lungs, um, trying to influence legislation. We knew it was coming, and even our Texas, uh, you know, state officials 
we're not talking about it. The only thing that got passed during the last uh, legislative session in the Texas House was appropriation. They're really quick to spend our money, but not quick to, you know, in my opinion, actually try to solve the issue. And I have made the case so many times that when the federal government fails, it is incumbent upon the states to do so. I think that uh, it is my opinion that I think that if we're going to survive the next two years, because even if the Republicans do take over the House and the Senate and, and you know, in Congress, um, even if, you know, the Republicans remain in control over the three branches here on the state side, um, this is only going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. They might be able to soften the blow a little bit, um, but we're really not going to be able to, um, you know, even begin to really address this issue until possibly 2024, which is a long two years away. And that's assuming that we get a strong Republican uh, who's strong on border security like President Trump was in office. So this is this this is the thing. I get the frustration and and I, I, I understand it. And it is very concerning because this does not just affect those who live along the border. This impacts every single one of the 254 counties in the state of Texas and the entire nation in many, many ways. And with it only getting worse. What then, despite our best efforts, despite so many columns being put out, despite so many activists now jumping on board uh, as we gear up for the 88th, um, you know, at what what can people do substantially to make this active invasion stop and protect their families now? What can actually be done because there is no guarantee that even if we vote come you know which people need to get out there and vote we need to we need to influence policy on the county level and on the city level and on the state level everything that i preach uh, we need to get the right elected officials in there but seriously for those who are dealing like the picture that i just showed you um you know with hundreds to thousands uh, groups, you know, coming through their property every single day, day in, day out, day in, day out, told by their elected state officials, there's nothing we can do. It's a federal issue told by the federal government, like, up, ah, just roll over and take it. They're not, many of them are not banking on two years from now. What right. is your suggestion to them? Well, my, my suggestion is the reason why people are so uh, annoyed and frustrated and angry, because my position is that the that all puppet strings on immigration, illegal immigration part, go to the White House. All puppet strings, all power strings, and the levers all go to the White House on that issue. Uh, there are tweaks. There are things that can be done at the local level that that um, might be impactful on a strictly local level, but not stopping that mass immigration. I don't see uh, nobody's come up with with something that that makes any sense to me yet to uh, I mean, I know uh, out in Arizona, the, the, the uh, gubernatorial candidate uh, Lake wants to declare the invasion and do it. But I mean, that's just going to get bound up in court right away just like if we did it here. And 
um, that's that while it's bound up in court, they'll be pouring in, pouring in, constantly pouring in. And if not here, then they'll just pour in through New Mexico. Uh, and if they're not pouring in, in California, so they'll just go wherever they, it's just the, the way that works. So I'm not a big, I, I, I'm not a big proponent of uh, local solutions to this, to, to that problem. What, what will happen though, is that your school districts are all going to be putting up bond elections soon because they have to buy portable classrooms to handle all of the new students. This is a kid centric. Uh, this is a, a, a child centric mass migration crisis. So like it's all kids coming in and they're going to go to school. They're going to go to your school. So vote down those bond elections, make it difficult uh, to accommodate. Uh, you know, in New York, the, the mayor of New York is declaring a state of emergency because uh, there's so many are coming. The reason so many are coming isn't because Abbott's providing buses. It's because they're providing food, shelter, free stuff, books, uh, medical attention, uh, braces. I mean, all those New Yorkers are, are coming forward and providing everything that they could ever want. It's, it's like a dream come true. And so that gets passed down the line and they just keep flooding in. Well, if you give if you give free stuff, they're coming. If you throw the corn out there, the deer are coming. If you chum the water, you know the sharks are coming. It's it, the fish are coming. It's just the way it, it's just the way it works. And so at the local level, I think people can deny free goods and services and make it difficult for at least make them not want to settle in your city. Uh, forever and ever. That's something, but they're not going to stop coming. They may stop coming in Arizona or Texas, but you got California and New Mexico after that. And there's, so really, unfortunately, there is no real sustainable solution. I mean, and listen, here's, here's the thing is if it turns out in the midterm elections that the the mass migration crisis drove voters in in uh, sufficient numbers that it overturned swing states and Democrats that were expected to win lost because of it. Then they might decide to change to a Trump model at the border and, and start doing deterrence down there. There are a lot of middle of the road Democrats in the White House, as a matter of fact, who who fear this whole thing because of the midterms. They, they, they think it's going to erode their power, the democratic party power. If it does, then they may, that may be enough to, for them to self propel the right kind of policies. So at this point, I think it's electoral. I mean, you've got to make it hurt uh, at the ballot box. Political they, pressure does work. It does. it does because it's about power. It's always about it's always about power. And if the immigration issue reduces Democratic Party power, that actually is that means something. They will respond to that. They would react to that. And to your point, we've seen similar sentiment right here with uh, 
Texas state officials who are Democrats um, that have actually come out. And I've seen it for myself because I'm there, even when they're not accepting testimony that I am there. Um, you know, I've seen this shift, particularly over, uh, you know, the um, the hearings, you know, that they have right now before the next uh, text ledge, you know, 80, 88 starts, uh, the committees are meeting and you're seeing even the Democrats and Republicans who last session during the 87 session uh, were quiet or ignored it. They are coming out with very strong verbiage. As a matter of fact, there are a few state legislators uh, that have been aiding and helping and helping to promote uh, and actually congressmen as well um, that that we've been kind of working in conjunction with um, helping to promote the declaration of invasion. So and the, these are some of the ones that, like I said, were, were I mean, you, they, there was other issues that on their forefront of their mind. Um, and, and that also includes Democrats. And so, you know, I think I think back I want to show this one little clip um, because I think it makes a point. And then, uh, and then we'll we'll close it out uh, with some closing remarks real quick. But I I want to show this because I you know I don't watch very many movies, but when I do, they they tend to um, I, I tend to watch them over and over and over again. Um, and so I want to show this one clip from one of my favorite movies. Actually, The Last of the Mohegans is my favorite, but this is probably my second um, because I think that it kind of leads to kind of what I'm implying here. Let me see if I can share this really quick of an american nation and our rights are being threatened by a tyrant three thousand miles away would you tell me please mr howard why should i trade one tyrant three thousand miles away for three thousand tyrants one mile away <laughs> An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. King can. <laughs> Captain Martin, I understood, I understood you, you to be patriot. If you mean, if you mean by patriot, patriot, am I angry about, about taxation without representation? Well, yes, I am. Should the American colonies govern themselves Or should the states govern themselves? They can, and they should. But if you're asking me, am I willing to go to war with England? Well, then the answer is most definitely no. This from the same Captain Benjamin Martin, whose fury was so famous during the wilderness campaign. I was intemperate in my youth. Temperance can be a convenient disguise for fear. Mr. Middleton, I fought with Captain Martin over Washington in the French and Indian War. There's not a man in this room or anywhere for that matter, to whom I would more willingly trust my life. There are alternatives to war. We take our case before the king. We plead with him. Yes, we've tried that. Well, then we try again and again, if necessary, to avoid a war. Benjamin, I was at Bunker Hill. The British advanced three times, and we killed over 700 of them at point-blank range, and still they took the ground. That is the measure of their resolve. If your principles dictate independence, then war is the only way. It has come to that. I have seven children. My wife is dead. And who's to care for them if I go to war? Wars are not fought only by childless men. Granted. 
But mark my words. This war will be fought not on the frontier or on some distant battlefield, but amongst us, among our homes. Our children will learn of it with their own eyes. And the innocent will die with the rest of us. I will not fight. And because I will not fight, I will not cast a vote that will send others to fight in my stead. And your principles. I'm a parent. I haven't got the luxury of principles. So I wanted to show that because I, I, I fear right now a lot of us do feel and we do know that what time we are in. And I do feel, like I said, that we are at war and I do feel that evil is at the core of it. But I made mention to those, you know, going back to those who are just standing up and, and using, making remarks and thinking and then just kind of discarding them to say like oh that's just acceptable you know conversations because of the time that we are in and because we are facing a tyrant uh you know a few thousand miles away in dc who is disregarding us and 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 legislators and elected officials who are not hearing our frustrations our concerns and are not concerned with the safety of our families but at the same point in time, I have to be able to look at my family. I have to be able to look at my children. And of course, as the story goes in, in The Patriot, he turns out to be, you know, the biggest fighter, you know, that in the movie. He's on the forefront because he was forced. He tried everything to prevent the violence that he knew was going to occur. Uh, and he was forced into that situation. And when he was pushed over that edge, he he did what he needed to do. Now, of course, this is a fictional character that is based on, you know, obviously the Revolutionary War and a combination of different uh, real life characters, you know, throughout the American history and the American Revolution. You know, however, I have to be able to look if God forbid something were to happen. And God forbid this chaos were to ensue. And God forbid, you know, a civil war of types were to break out. And then the Chinese and the Russians and all the other people, enemies that the United States, that this country has, you know, comes in and sweeps over. I'm not going to last very long. I can promise you that because I'm going to fight to defend my family um, as best as I can and, and the freedom that this country stood for. However, I have to be able to stand and look at my children's faces, knowing what that would actually look like. Devastation that most of us, especially here, uh, who have never fought a war overseas, what that kind of stuff would actually look like and mean. We have had luxuries here in the great United States that, 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 that other countries dream of, which is why so many of them are fleeing. But I have to be able to look at my kids and say, I tried absolutely everything so that it didn't get to this point. That's my point. Yes, I understand that we are in some really difficult times. Yes, I understand that a lot of people are being pushed and pushed and pushed. And it's very soon we're going to have people who have nothing to lose. Nothing. And that's that's scary. That's scary. 
but we have to be able to sit there and say, we tried everything we could to stop it from getting to this point. So that that's kind of my closing remarks on this. It's kind of crazy. I know, but I, I appreciate you coming on and giving your thoughts and, and where you're coming from, where can people find you? Where can they go to, uh, you know, purchase and pre-order the new book that's about to come out and the old book, which are social media handles, all that good stuff. I appreciate that. Well, first of all, I can't top that closer. That was a good one, but uh, I mean, listen, I'm not, I don't want to leave the impression that, um, you know, that the conservative movement on this issue is a problem. Uh, it's not, I just want to make sure that everybody understands that. Uh, but you know, there, the, the frustration level is there. I see it. I feel it and have for a while now. And, you know, we just need to make sure that, um, that we kind of police our own ranks, I guess, so to speak, to make sure that, that somebody doesn't get in there and ruin it uh, and do something wrong too. So, um, you know, every time I write something, I'll have people disagree with me. I, I can accept that. I'm used to it. I've been doing and it. And that's okay. Newsflash, that's okay to disagree with one that's, another on things. It's perfectly okay. But uh, I think I have a feeling that most people who are listening here uh, would agree with like almost most everything else I write. So um, if that's if that's the case or you don't know my writing, you can go to you find a, a, my whole body of work for the last three or four years on the border at toddbensman.com. And I wrote a book uh, published last year, early last year called America's Covert Border War. And that's about the jihadist uh, threat coming. And I've just finished another book that'll be out when the new Congress is seated called Overrun, How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History. And that is everything that you need to know about what caused this, uh, what conditions were in place that created this crisis, and how to end it overnight. Uh, but it has to be, I think it has to be mostly done at the federal level. Uh, but but it's uh, my on the ground reporting from, uh, you know, the first day uh, of the crisis, first day of the crisis. I predicted it was going to happen. And so I was down there uh, the week that it opened up and I uh, haven't really left it uh, except to maybe write this book. <laughs> so I'll be heading back there soon. That's open for pre-order. It's not, um, you can't get it quite yet, but any support on overrun uh, would be uh, greatly appreciated. And um, you'll get the book in January, February. And of course they can also uh, follow a lot of your writings, not just at toddbensman.com, but also on cis.org um, where you yes. are the senior fellow. I'm going to make sure to include that link in the comments as well. What about your social media handles? Where can they find you? Uh, I'm at tbensmangetter at getter. I'm probably most active there. I also have a Twitter account, but I'm completely shadow banned on that thing. So I don't post that much, but I do post occasionally on there. But my all my real stuff is on Getter. Awesome. Well, Todd, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for your service to the country. Thank you for coming on here and and spending this time and having this conversation that I, I think many of us needed to have. So I really appreciate it. I appreciate everything that you're doing and uh, God bless you. 
Yeah, and vice versa. Uh, you know, I've I've seen you down there. I'll be talk- heading down to Arizona next here in uh, in a few days, so it'll Can't be an wait. adventure. <laughs> be exciting. Be safe. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Have a good night. Okay. Okay, guys. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. That was the great Todd Benzman. Guys, uh, again, I, I know that 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 the feelings are are frustration, the anger, all rightfully so. But I just implore each and every single one of us to just kind of take a step back and try to deal with things um, the way that 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 we are known for dealing with things. Um, you guys can find, of course, uh, find Secure the Border and Alliance for Safe Texas at our website, along with the action items. If you're fed up, take action. There's a lot that people can do on the city, county, and state level. Join forces with us and do something about it. Um, you know, not not just on social media, uh, being upset. And there's a lot of people looking for things to do. We're trying to help fill that solution. So go to securetheborder.us, securetheborder.us. Please like and share this broadcast. And then, of course, this broadcast will also be up on the podcast version on all of your major uh, podcast streaming services, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, so on and so forth, Google Play. And, of course, also at the website at securetheborder.us. You guys can also uh, support us in our efforts there we will be going down to arizona here uh in a few days in a few days i'm really excited about that but um guys let's continue to do all that we can to secure our sovereign state border and save our sweet texas thank you guys for logging in god bless you guys and stay safe 